bless this offering we're about to receive. We'll bless those that give and those that can. Lord, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor. Amen. Oh! 
generation and uh, even Smith to their respective classrooms. Thank Troubleshooting was all about troubleshooting. I, I learned what that was all about. I don't know if any of you know what troubleshooting is. When you troubleshoot a vehicle, I never realized that. You have to figure out what's wrong with it. Kind of what a doctor does. He tries to figure out what's wrong with you. All the little intricate parts of your body, he tries to figure that out. It's a hit and miss affair. 
And uh, I learned that, of course, now they have all these kinds of new machines you can plug your car into and, and it comes up a little cold and it kind of gives you a certain area you can go to and you can look around for the problem there. That's all, that's all good. That's nice, but sometimes, guess what, even technology doesn't work. <clears throat> so you have to rely on your own ability to try to, you know, find out where the problem is. And uh, if, it, if it's electronic, I learned this. I, I value those little test lights very much, because that'll tell you something. Those little test lights tell you something. I learned how to use those little test lights to try to locate my problem. Figure out what it is, and, uh, and I noticed a lot lately. And I, I work on my own vehicles and try to keep my vehicles running good. But uh, it just seems like I haven't been around it for a while, so I'm just kind of losing my touch a little bit as far as speed is concerned. But I, <clears throat> what I'm trying to say is, when you get older, you you appreciate life. Because all the time it takes you to do certain things. Wow. And uh, praise God. But I'm facing reality. I'm, I'm accepting reality. What about you? Yeah. I'm accepting it. I'm getting older. My hairs are getting grayer. And my body's not as youthful as it once was. My mind, I'm probably about 35, but my body's 62. How do you try to balance that out? I don't know. Can anybody do the math on that? How do you figure that out? My mind says this, my body says that, and you go, oh, wow, how am I supposed to do this? So appreciate your youthness or your, your, your youth right now. Your ability to maneuver and operate. I don't know about thinking, though, because I don't know. A lot of young people can't think. The, all, the, all the other parts of the body work, but the mind doesn't work. But when you get older, your body kind of quits working and your mind works for you. Kind of there's a switcheroo there. But that just seems to be the way of it. And, uh, frustrating sometimes, but and I've, I've just learned, like, like Solomon said, just to love God and appreciate Him, just to worship Him. That's all we can do. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And uh, to be in this place, to be in the house of God, I guess that's one of the most uh, important things that I cherish and that I love very much. I love being in the house of God. I love being in the house of God. I love coming to the house of God. And, uh, you know, that's something I, I look forward to being in the presence of God and, and just to be in awe. And, and back in the day, under the, the Old Testament economy, of course, the Lord devised a system where his people can come together. But it wasn't just basically the, all the things that were there, all the materials, all the fabric and all the wood and, and the gold and the structure. It wasn't just that. You know, it wasn't just us coming to a physical location. What he wanted his people to understand the spiritual element of it. The reason why they were gathered there, the reason why this was there, what that represented, why it was important for them to obey the word of God as far as concerning everything, that, every article that was there. That's important. And a lot of people, 
I've heard, I, I've even heard preachers talk about this and, 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 and they say, well, attending the house of God is really not that important because we're the, we're the church, we're the ecclesia. I said, yes, I know we are, but why would the scripture say, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a man or something? We're all a part of a body. God ordained and God put together the church. Yes. And, and individually, yes, and collectively also. But we had come to a place where we can fellowship. And, and why would, would he go through all the trouble to put things in order and, and for the people of God to, to be able to live by that principle and by that structure? And here we have it. Everything that we do here, it serves a purpose. And any child that is a child, any person that is a child of God will have a love for the things of God. Amen. And a love for the presence of God. Right. Or you just can't be without it. So I, you know, saying, saying that, and, and why is it important for us to have a place of worship? Well, it's very important. Mm -hmm. Why are we here? Amen. We're here to, amen, we're here to be edified, we're here to receive admonition, uh, exhortation, correction, reproof, rebuke, love, mercy, huh? all that, we're, we're all exposed to that, and that's what we have here, but all of it's to help us to grow, to develop, to develop, to mature in the things of God. All this, the, the whole reason why we are here. Amen. God called us to be here. Regardless of who it is, you know, at the helm, we're here to worship God. I'm trying to zero in on something, and, and uh, of course I came with my, uh, I came with my uh, teaching this morning. But as I was praying this morning, a thought came to me, and I know that thought wasn't mine. It was just like the Lord was saying, uh, this, is, this is what should be important, and this is what should be uh, addressed. And, and I thought, well, okay, Lord, that is kind of... And I'm used to that. I'm used to the Lord intervening in my program. Mm -hmm. I'm used to him coming in and saying, "Okay, uh, this is this is what I want you to do," and, and uh, I'm so used to that. And, and I just thought about it and I thought, "Okay, all right, this is this is what we'll do." But if you would turn with me into the book of uh, Ephesians this morning, and we'll take a look at some scriptures in the book of Ephesians, chapter four. It's kind of uh, something. that uh, Brother Craig and, uh, ministered on, and I'm not trying to be a copycat. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, we'll be looking at some uh, scriptures here. And I appreciate the Lord and His goodness. Amen. And the area... In verse number 15, it's 
kind of let me, let me get settled here. And this is what it says. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Everybody say all things. All things. Which is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplier, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Wow. I hope there's no pew warmers in this place. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, I remember giving a teaching in Canada, this was way back when, and of course, uh, trying to trying to present structure to the people of God, the purpose, and what the the apostle uh, Paul was saying to make our calling and election sure. God called us uh, for a reason. There's a purpose to our calling, and we're all somehow engaged in in uh, you know what we talk about as far as ministry now I'm not talking about everybody in here is a minister of the gospel to the sense of you know we, we, we talk about the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers I'm not speaking you know on that level I'm speaking on a different level everybody in here has a amen a calling and, and of course you, you read that you read that in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians where Paul addresses the, the body and that every all of us are members in particular all of us are we're not the eye we're not the nose we're not the ears we're not the you know hands we're not the feet all of us do have a place in the body of Christ and our place is a very important place we all need to occupy whatever position God has called us to. We all have a ministry. Yeah. We all have something to fulfill in the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're not just called to be uh, uh, pew warmers. Right. We're not just called to be hearers uh -huh. of God's word. We're called, the reason why we're here is so that <clears throat> we can receive whatever instruction uh -huh. or teaching that we need to receive so that we can Develop. Yeah. We can develop as the people of God. <clears throat> and we can come into that place of occupying the position and ministry God has called us to. That's why we're here. So I, I want you to just kind of keep that in the back of your mind as a thought. That's the structure of the church. Everybody say the structure of the church. Structure. Here's another famous cliche that uh, we have probably heard once in a while, 
What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. If you put in little, you're going to get little. If you put in much, you're going to get much. And let me tell you something. Let me just kind of uh, dissuade any kind of uh, thoughts or, or previous uh, 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 how would I say uh, understanding that we had there's, there's no such thing in my book as a mediocre Christian you would associate that with in the book of Revelation to a person who is lukewarm right. yeah. you would associate that look what happens to the people that are lukewarm mm. you know what he said I will spew yeah. thee out of my mouth. And, and, and why is it why is it that I'm saying this? Because we all need to understand we all have a place, a position, and a part in the work of God. So Amen. And, and please don't misunderstand me. I'm speaking to you in love. Amen. <laughs> I'm speaking to you in love. So he says, uh, he says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, fitly joined together. The whole body can have some... Uh, cohesiveness that we can be joined together you know what that's what the the work of the Holy Spirit does the Holy Ghost does this it draws us how many of you felt that this morning I got up at my usual time of course I'm still living in the past daylight savings time I got up Quite a bit earlier this morning, I was thinking, I was sitting there, shall I just go back to bed? I have an extra hour. I, I just chose not to. I chose to stay up because, hey, I was up anyway. And uh, and to get ready. And But my mind, my mind was on the Lord. I'm not, let me tell you something, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a perfect person. And I'm not on cloud nine. Huh? But my mind was on the things of God this morning. <clears throat> and, and thinking about serving Him and thinking about this burden that I carry for the people of God. And here, here I was. And of course, I, I, I had totally something different this morning. And, and uh, that's, that's what I was focusing my attention on. I was getting my thoughts ready. Of course, I worked on this a few days ago. And, uh, and uh, just kind of trying to get the kinks out of myself to present his word and here all of a sudden look what happens. Boom. Mm -hmm. Anybody notice anything different in worship this morning? Other than some of my mistakes. <laughs> there was just like a how can I say? 
uh, a quietness. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Peace. Yeah. But you know what? The presence of God is still here. Yeah. Peace. <clears throat> I thought about this. I seen a man one time confronting a devil-possessed person. Oh yes, there are devil-possessed people. My first time at the pulpit, I encountered a devil-possessed person at the altar call after I preached my first service, my first message. Talked about a rude awakening into the ministry. I've seen that since the beginning of my ministry. I still see it today. I'm always confronting devils. I'm not afraid of them. When they get in my way, when they get in your way, we have the power to cast them out. And I always remember what I experienced that day when I was approaching that young lady and the Lord spoke to me, and I heard it, and I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about a voice in my mind. He said, do not touch her. He said, pray. So I began to do that. And I, when he said, pray, I said, the blood of Jesus. And all of a sudden, that young lady just, boom, hit the floor. She hit the floor, and she started to do this number and go back up the aisle. And immediately, I knew then what was going on. When she opened up her eyes and looked at me, she didn't have the normal look in her eyes that a human being would have. And I, and I seen that spirit in her, and the Lord gave me understanding what it was. So I just began to bind that thing and, and cast it out, and she was delivered. She was delivered of it. So it's, it's something that, and, and here's the thing. In all that, when, when, when you're confronted with, with a situation where something will obviously disturb you. Something will just rock your world, shake your world. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Something that you do not have, uh, in a sense, you do not have control over, but it's there. If you confront something like that, that comes before you, what you're going to do? How are you going to act? How are you going to respond? Right. I I've seen people not know what to do. Sure. I've seen people going to a fit of panic, uh -huh. and, and even people go the opposite direction because they don't know what's happening. But you know what? Uh, here's one thing. I, I, I seen a, a, a man confront a very, very, uh, how can I say, uh, this, this devil was very uh, threatening and uh, strong. But you know what? He just walked up before it, and he said, you have no place here. I'm speaking like he's speaking. He said, you have no place here. I bind you in Jesus' name, and I command you to leave right now. And he went like this and pointed to that person. And man, you heard a shrill. You heard a shriek. And that spirit, that spirit left. And here he was, just as, amen, calm as any person could be. Whew. I thought to myself, Lord, 
How many of you would like to have that kind of confidence? How many of you would like to have that kind of faith? Because we can. We get to the we get to the point. Now, the reason why I'm saying all this, we get to the point where we are in our faith and in our walk with God. Our experience is you know that everything happens to us for a reason. And our experience, what happens is a lot of times certain things may come our way, but you know what? God is with us, and God will always teach us. Everything that we're exposed to is not, you know, it's something that I believe this is. It's in his will. It's in his power. And we are his and he is ours. And it's done for a certain reason. So here we are. We're here to minister the word of God. So, So we should always appreciate his presence. This may seem strange, but just hold on. And it'll probably make sense afterwards. I'm just, I'm just letting the Spirit lead me in this. But uh, like He said, here's here's the thing about the body of Christ. Of course, we know that we all have the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. We know that. And and but God has called us to. This is His will. This is this is where we are this morning. There's a few of us in here this morning, but I'm glad we're here. The power of God has not diminished one bit. Even though there's a few of us, still hasn't diminished one bit. There's just as much power and anointing in this place as there were if there were a thousand Holy Ghost filled people in here. That's the truth of it. But every time we look around, we we see something, you know, that's a little bit different. We get ourselves, we get all stirred up and we go, don't let the devil lie to you. So, so we understand this. Here's the, here's the thing. Like I said, what you put into it is what you are going to get out of it. It's the measure of faith that you and I have. It's our diligence. It's our fervor. It's what God filled us with when he baptized us with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I felt that. I, I, I told uh, Brother Doug Fuller one time, he was asking me, Brother Marshall, he said, is there anything you can say to me that will encourage me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, oh yeah, I have plenty to say. <laughs> but I don't think you have that much time. I said here's one thing I said this is the truth I said we're we're both Holy Ghost filled he said yes we are I said I thank God for my salvation he said yes I do I said here's one thing this is I want you to think about this brother Fuller I said think about this we were born in the smoke and we shouldn't be living we were born in the fire and we shouldn't live in the smoke. Yeah, think about it for him. Wow. I said, when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it was just like, wow. And I said, it's been like that ever since. And God has brought to me, he gave me a good, uh, what's that word? Uh, When you are initiated into the things of God, I said, I I received a, a pretty 
pretty big initiation by the things I experienced in the Holy Ghost. And I tell you what, it was mind-blowing. Yeah. I said, so much that my mind is not satisfied with anything less. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That is the experience that he's given us in the Holy Ghost. We all know that. Remember the day you received the Holy Ghost? Yes. Remember what you experienced, what you found? Man, you were, whoo, there's anything, you were on fire. Yeah. And your love was, wow, your love was up here. Oh, yeah. The level of love you were experiencing was way up here. Let me tell you something, folks. If that's what he gave us at the beginning, there's more to come. And that level can even go higher. It, it can even exceed what we have experienced thus far. But it's up to us to be able to keep ourselves in that place. In that place. You might think I'm crazy, but I'm not. <laughs> it's just that he got a hold of me, and when he got a hold of me, I'm glad he got a hold of me. How about you? I'm glad he got a hold of me, but let me tell you something. I, I'm glad I have a hold of him. And I'm, I'm, I'm hope maintaining my my grip on him. Oh, yes. I don't want to let go. Amen. don't want to let go. And you think about this. You think about this. This is important. And why, why am I saying this? Because if you if you come into that place and, and, and if we could ever understand what it is, you know, what we have, a lot of times it just seems like we're so distracted or, you know, things come along our way that just kind of, uh, you know, put, put, put a, you know, uh, hinder us. Distract us. Get, draw our attention away. Uh, I was in prayer one time, and I'm just going to share this with you. I was in prayer one time, and the Lord spoke to me and said, There are so many things that are hindering my people. So many distractions that have come their way. Some believe that it's my will for their life, but it is not. And I thought, Woo! I believe I have the Holy Ghost. Right. And you know, I, I did not put myself in this position. God put me here. So if God put me in this position and God is speaking to me, you know, I, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, and, and I know that, uh, praise God, that all of us have the Holy Ghost. But you know what? It, you'll bear witness to what you hear over this pulpit. If you have the Holy Ghost, your Holy Ghost is going to bear witness to what is coming over this pulpit. Praise God. I can understand why if you want to question the ministry or a man of God, if that person wasn't living the life. Right. But you know what? We're all here for a reason. Mm -hmm. We're all here because God called us here. And so when, when we think about the, the church and and the church, and, and the reason why I'm saying this, the reason why I'm, 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 I'm saying it in this way, in this fashion, is this, that if the church could ever come to the place that God called us to be, man, I tell you what. There, there would be, you know, there, there would be uh, uh, different things happening. There would be a different, a, a, a wholly different level of Obviously, ministry 
and, and, and everything involved in that worship, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, and the whole level of that. But obviously there's things that are, so, so this, is, this is what we have. Now, now, here's the thing about the church. The church is a self-governing. A self-governing, self-supporting entity. Okay? That's true because he said, he said, in whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So we see that. And you know, the devil is wise enough to say, wow, the only way I can prevent that church from prospering and becoming the church that it needs to be I'm just going to reap some havoc with right. its members. Right. I'm just going to create some, uh, I'm going to stifle. Right. I'm going to put the fire, I'm going to quell the fire in a lot of its members. Mm -hmm. I'm going to distract them. Hmm? Yeah. I'm going to create all kinds of chaos. Yeah. And maybe even uh, overwhelm them with, with uh, temptation and yeah and tribulation and adversity so they can look at those things and not at God. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and I'll keep them so distracted that their minds and their priority won't be the house of God. Their priority won't be their salvation. Exactly. They'll be doing what they always, you know, used to do. Right. And, and we, we get caught up in that in our mind. And let me tell you something. We get drawn away. Here's the thing. We're in denial. Sure, we're thinking the little things we do do not harm us. But, but the Bible says the little foxes spoil the vine. Yeah. And when our priority is our will and is not his will, let me tell you something. Something is, is gravely wrong that's right. when we believe that that's the way it is. That's the book. That's right. Woo, and I'm just speaking to you what was laid on my heart this morning. Because he, he wants to draw us. I, I, I guarantee you this morning there were several people that felt, felt the unction that God was saying, it's time, it's time to go to the house of God. Yes. Right. Amen. But you know what happened? Yeah. Well, I've got this going on. I've got that going on. I want to sleep in this morning. Pastor, is, pastor has been preaching too hard lately. And so those things have, you know, kept in, and, 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 amen. You know, I, I understand, I understand those, those things are there, but, but when, when those things are a priority yes. to you, then, then let me tell you something. Obviously, they're going to be in your way. Mm -hmm. They're going to hinder you. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. We, we have been given... The opportunity, we have been given the liberty to come into this place and to access the throne of God. Yes. Get your eyes off of this. Yes. Get it on where it's coming from. Praise God. I know I might just be your 
brother or your uncle or huh? your dad, your husband, huh? your outlaw in-law. <laughs> you know, I said, when in my younger days, when the Lord saved me, it's just like, here, here's, a little, here's a little humor. Man, I tell you what, talk about a fanatic, talk about serving God, just like head over heels, just, ooh, just, I was so naive, and man, I was, you know, I'm still, I still feel that way. I feel like I'm in this for a reason. I'm in this for, you know, God, I'm, I'm trying to fulfill God's will and his purpose in my life. I take it very serious. When the, when the Lord revealed to me certain things that, you know, about me and my life that weren't pleasing to him, guess what happened? I had to change. And, and I made those changes. I got rid of things that I know he didn't want me to have. Praise God. And I, I loved a lot of things. I mean, I was in love with a lot of things. A lot of things I did. Sports and you name it. I did a lot of things. That's what occupied my time. That's what my mind was so, you know, engaged with and all those things. But you know what? Like Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish right, things. Right. I made those changes even in my youth. And when I'm talking about my youth, I'm talking about when I first got the Holy Ghost. I made those changes because I wanted to please him. So I, I, I dismissed all those things from my life. I was thinking, here I am. You know why? Because I wanted to draw nigh unto him. And so I made those sacrifices just because, Lord, I want to be here for you. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of worldly habits out of the way. Worldly, worldliness, worldly thinking, worldly conduct, worldly talk, and all that. You know, the Holy Ghost was leading me. Here I was. I was doing my best. And, but you know what? I got to the point where I got, you know, in my mind, of course, I was, you know, had the Holy Ghost a few years. So I was like, this, this one person said, there was this man who had a hunting, he raised hunting dogs. I'm not talking about Brother Longshore. Talking about another man. He raised hunting dogs. I think they were uh, beagles or something like that. And, and he said they were bird dogs. He said, and, and the, the younger dogs, he said, he would put with the older dogs so that those younger dogs could, you know, learn by the, the older dogs. They could see their actions and they could follow them and they could know how to point out a bird. He said, he said, and he was being humorous. He said, my, my dogs are so good. He said, when the fly by, flies by, he said, their little tails go out and they, their feet go up and they point toward that fly but going by. <laughs> they, would, they would pick on something. They, they would find that fly. Something so small, something so minute, they would just be drawn to it. And, and he said, that's, he said, they're good bird dogs. That's how I was. Every little thing. It seems like I had a magnifying glass and I could pick up on every little thing. And I would point it out. Woo! <laughs> this, the, that fly don't need to be here. <laughs> huh? That little gnat right there don't need to be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, and, and that's the way it was. I just began to, in my life, I began to, it, it, I got so, so uh, uh, drawn into it that, you know, my focus took me to that area, and it just seemed like because of that, even that wasn't really wise for me to do. But as I began to grow and develop in the Lord, 
I begin to realize certain things. I begin to understand certain things about love, about fellowship, about brotherly kindness, and that I belong to something that was greater and bigger than myself. I think we all go through a time like that. I think we all have our own experiences as where God brings us from, but you know, slowly we're brought to this place where the Spirit of God moves in us and we develop. We begin to learn how, what it is to, like Paul said, have our senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Amen. We've come to that place where we've matured in the Spirit. But you know what? That's where the Holy Spirit will bring us to. That's what, that's what he'll quicken in us. So we'll come to that place of, of maturity. Here we are. I was listening to Brother Chuck teach one time. Of course, Brother Chuck, you know, he, he understands about child development. He's a counselor, social worker. He understands about child development and the growth of the body. Of course, I went to uh, developmental psychology at what they teach in school about you know development and stuff. Here's the thing. We are not spiritual imps. Huh? We grow from where we're babes. We grow. Mm-hmm. Our body grows. It's natural. There has to be growth. And and the more we eat, the more we're nurtured. Guess what? It's natural. We grow. Our body grows. We get we get bigger. And as far as our height is concerned, we put on more weight. We grow. And that's just that's just the way of life. What would happen if you never grow? If you never had any kind of physical development and you just stayed uh, a two-year-old. That would be unnatural. Can you imagine two adult people that are maybe two foot tall walking around? Uh, uh, You know? But here's the thing. God never called us. And that's what he was saying. It's natural that the body has to grow. It's natural that, I'm talking about Brother Chuck, it's natural that the body has to grow. Why is it we, you know, we need to experience growth. We need to develop as the people of God. We can't stay a toddler all our lives. Even though some of us probably wish we could. But God has given us a place in the body where it is his will that we all grow, we all develop. Every, every, every person in the body, we're all putting in, in, the, in his body so that we can have a, a active part or active ministry in his body. And you know what? That's to grow. That's to grow. But we should never put a limit on or, or determine how we grow because we can't. I believe this God wants so many people to mature in his spirit and in the word. In the word. I always remember what Brother Gerritsen used to say. When you hear somebody speak and they're speaking to you about the things of God, 
He said, don't just be satisfied with the word that is coming out of their mouth. He said, let it be witness in the word of God. If they're speaking the things of God, it will be in the word of God. He said, that's how you know. That's how you learn to discern, to know if it's God or not. Not everything is of God. Amen. Not everything is of God. There are spirits out there that will try to, even somehow, deceive us into believing that things are of God. I heard this beautiful testimony about a person who was taken up into the third heaven. And man, it just his testimony just caught me. And he was talking about all these beautiful things up there in heaven and what he felt. He said, man, eternal life is powerful, he said. It's powerful. When I walked in, that, in the presence of God, he said, it was so powerful. He said, I didn't want to leave. And, he, and, and this is what bothered me. He said, but when I walked in and I got closer to the throne of God, I, and, and he said, this is what I seen. He said, I seen the Father. I seen the Son. And I seen the Holy Spirit. They were all together. There together. And it's just my spirit just went, <laughs> and we ex we readily accept things like that yeah. oh that was a powerful testimony oh yes it was it was powerful all right but you you you, you may have felt the 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 you know how it moved you but you know here's the thing if it's not the bible says if they don't speak according to the law and the testimony, it's because there is no light in them. That's right. But we readily accept those kind of things and we say, oh, it's a God. Praise the Lord. Woo. Why is it that I've, you know, and, and, and people have called me a, you know, a lot of things, I guess. But I'd, I'd rather stay in the book. Why is it that some of us can't agree on certain things? And, and here's me, I'm scratching my head because here I am. I read it in there and I think, oh, he's supposed to have the same Bible. Yeah. He's supposed to be reading the yeah. same word. It's supposed to be the same doctrine. Why is it that we disagree? Mm -hmm. But you know what, here's the thing. Some people just accept that person accept their, what they say, because they think it's of God. Mm. And here's what the Apostle Paul said. Paul said this, I didn't say this. Paul said, whether we are an angel, preach any other gospel, any other gospel unto you, he said, let them be accursed. Whether we are an angel, in other words, uh, you know, he's talking about uh, uh, false uh, prophets, false apostles. If they don't preach it according to what we have been taught, he said, let them be accursed. Why is it we believe them? Now, now uh, I want to share something with you. Uh, first, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, it says in verse number 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Give diligence, diligence to make your calling and election sure. In other words, hey, don't 
Don't be laid back. Don't be relaxed. Give diligence. In other words, hey, you have to attend to this. You've got to be in the mind, and even your energy has to be such that you will be attending to this. Amen. However you need to attend to it. If you need to pray, if you need to fast, if you need to study, if you need to walk the walk and talk the talk, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Yes. Praise God. Amen. So he says that, uh, uh, he says, for if ye do these things, look what it says, ye shall never fall. Amen. Ye shall never fall. If you do these things, Amen. why is it we struggle with failure? Why do we think about failure? That's not the mind of the Holy Ghost. Right. The Holy Ghost will, will, will give us, amen, the, the strength that we need. It will give us the, the, the peace that we need. Right. The love that we need, the joy. Hey, I can be happy. I can be experiencing a lot of things going around, you know, in my world. But guess what? I'm glad I have the Holy Ghost because I've got peace. I've got joy. I've got love. I can be happy. Praise God. But when we allow ourselves to fall into that place where we just kind of back up a little bit, oh, man, the devil's going to take advantage of that. And so, but, but, but I, I want to read what I wanted to read to you. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. So an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why am I saying that? Because you can access that kingdom you can access that kingdom yes. via the church. Yes. Yes. Amen. That's right. Yes. Amen. That's why we're here, folks. Absolutely. It's not all said and done yet. No. <clears throat> There, there still has to be more that has to be said and done. Yeah, yeah. We haven't even come to the place where we, where God can really, amen, uh, speak to us and present things to us. We're at a level where we say this, you know, some of you might be questioning, but you know what? You're at a level where you're saying, you're saying oh, this is all it for me. This is the extent that I will go. I won't go any further. Why? Because the truth is demanding. Yes, yes. Right. The truth is demanding. The, the truth will draw you and it's demanding. You know what? And, and when you grow, what's, guess what, what's going to happen? It, it, it's, it's, it's really uh, expedient for us to understand that what it's going to do to us is going to motivate us to go further. But here's the problem. And I'm just, I'm just speaking to you. This is, what, this is what the Holy Ghost has laid on my heart. Here's the problem. A lot of us are content where we are. This is, this is your understanding of serving God. Boom. Let me tell you something. If you're right there and you don't go any further, there's no growth in your life. There's no growth in your walk with God. You will always be that same stature that same 
mentality. We're content. When God spoke to me about coming this way, man, I tell you what, I had some, I had some pretty good plans. I thought. Brother Craig knows about them. I had some pretty good plans. I had it all mapped out. Here I was. Woo! I'm just going to get it to the top of the hill and I'm going down. I'm just going to enjoy that ride down. There I was. I was sitting back and thinking, oh, I got this all worked out. Woo! My Jesus is so good to me. Yeah. <laughs> my Jesus is so yeah. good to me. Yeah. Woo! There I was. Using that elder status yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. Woo. I'm just going to go for a ride now. And guess what happened? All of a sudden says, nope. I've got more work for you. I remember calling up Brother Hancock, talking to him. I threw it at him. He said, Brother Marshall, I've been preaching the gospel for 50 some years now, and I have never taken a break yet. Boy, did I get a spanking. <laughs> Thought to myself, hey, come on, what's wrong with you? Get out of that. Get out of that. Some of you think you have done it all, but God has more for you. Some of you that are sitting there, some, I'm, not, I'm not speaking disrespectfully. Some of you elders in the church, you think that you're tired. You want to you take a break. God has more for you. You just have to come out of that place you're in right now. And there's no excuse for you younger generation. There's no excuse. Where we are right now, it's, it just seems like we're at a plateau. Yes, sir. Here's, here's the thing. This plateau is different than all the other plateaus we've ever come to. Because this plateau right here is going to be a plateau that's going to be a deciding factor for many. If they're going to go on with the Lord or if they're going to draw back. There's no, you know, I, I'm, I'm a person that has compassion. Yeah. I, I will hear you. I do hear you. When you talk to me, I hear you. Mm -hmm. when, you, when, you when you put your trust in me, let me tell you something. I do my best to try to somehow give you the counsel that I feel God's given me. I can't talk to you about worldly things. But I can talk to you about the things of God. Amen. And, and, and try to point you in the right direction. This is the way that we should all be going together. Yeah. And uh, But you know, we say it's all said and done. It's not all said and done. We feel like we're just in a place right now in our life where we can coast. Nope. No. This is a place where, where I believe that we can... Uh, Take advantage because God wants to do something. 
I just can't erase the, the images in my mind, things that I have seen and experienced in the past and recently, things in my mind that I know God put together and God, amen, brought to pass and things concerning the ministry and the move of God. And I just can't seem to erase them and, and, and just, you know, put them, put them behind me. It just seems like the Lord said, this is what I want you to focus on. This is what I want you to be striving for right now. This is what I. This is what needs to happen in the in the church, in the body of Christ, and, and you need to be you need to be prepared for it because this is what I want to do. And it's it's powerful. Lives being changed. With miracles, God bearing witness to his word. Man, I tell you what, we're the New Testament church. And uh, so here we are. Here we are in, in uh, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 3. Craig shared something the other night that just kind of struck a chord in me and uh, came across it and hallelujah he mentioned those of you that mentioned uh, those of you that were here he mentioned about you know us being observed we're being watched not so much, yes, yes, by the world, by people out there, and uh, obviously people know we're here now, can't deny it, there's a big old letters across the front yeah. of the building, <laughs> Livingstone Apostolic Church, it's beautiful, yes. and I just wonder what people think when they go by, yeah. I know a lot of them say, where, 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 when do we come? So I think my mind, Lord, hold them to that yes. promise. Yeah. Bring them in. Yeah. I'll, I can't wait for the day I can see Karen Munster walk in. Her and I, we, we got into this, some discussions about the Word of God. She had to step back a little bit, think about it. And, uh, you know, I said, we're different than everybody else. Remarkably so. But she said, you know what, Harold? I like you because you have a good spirit. I said, well, thank you. Amen. And she said, you mean business. As we, we, we had, you know, I did some things for her, and she'd ask me my opinion. I'd be honest with her and tell her. Sometimes she got mad at me, so I just come right back, and I told her, this is the reason why. Mm -hmm. One time she asked me my what, what I thought about one of her houses, and I told her, and of course, I didn't bark at her or anything, but she went to my wife. She said, what's the matter with Harold? Is he grouchy or something? <laughs> no. He just told you the truth, that's all. <laughs> I guess that's how a lot of people see me. I don't know if it's my, the way my face looks, but they always think that I'm bearing down on them for some, for some reason. 
Melissa used to say it's my eyebrows. And she said, Dad, let me tweeze your eyebrows and I'll put some happy eyebrows on you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm not a bad guy. When you get to know me, you'll find out I'm, I'm you know, I love people and I love fellowship. I love a good, you know, I have a humorous bone too. I can get pretty funny sometimes. Well, I think so anyway. But. <laughs> I guess people that don't have a funny bone will never laugh at what I have to say. <laughs> but I'll slap my knee. <laughs> but anyway, so we have, we have all these eyes that are looking down upon us. Out there in the world, people that, you know, they see us, they walk by us. I talked to a lady, you know, over here at Walmart. He calls me a celebrity just because I'm Joe Marshall's brother. <laughs> and I said, I'm not a celebrity. She said, yes, you are. I said, well, okay, I'm a celebrity. <laughs> but when they associate me with Joe Marshall, you know, I'm in the limelight. And yeah. I don't know what that's supposed to do for me. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, you know, so there's a lot of people. But when they find out, hey, yeah, okay, uh, that's over here, isn't it? Yep, right over there. It's got the big blue letters on it now. So they, they know and they make that connection and they, you can see that look in their eye, they go, aha. So they make that connection. So we have all kinds of people watching us. We've got all kinds of people. But here's, here's the thing. We need to grasp this. The church needs to grasp this. We obviously reflect some kind of image to the world. They see it. That image is the image of godliness. They see that there's something obviously different about us. And they, 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 even some people can feel the difference. They know it's a, it's a, it's a difference they've never, you know, something they've never felt before in their life. It's real. The spirit of God is real. So they're, they're feeling it. They're feeling the presence of God. Please do not belittle the work of God in your life. That's right. Yeah. And so this is what we have to grasp this morning. Paul is speaking in here, in here. And this is what he says in, verse, in chapter 3 and, and verse number 9. He says, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery oh, yeah. which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. So this is the fellowship of the mystery. Yeah. All, that, all that time it was hidden but now since the church has been here since the first century God has been revealing it to mankind. God has revealed everything about his bride, his church, his body, who we are. He's put that in us. And as Paul said in the book of Colossians, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes. So, so this is who we are. This is what, what we are. But we fail to comprehend that this image we have is, is far greater than just an image, a likeness. But God's nature. Yeah. 
and God's power. Why is it that we always seem to kind of, in a sense, put that behind us? When we're, when we are filled with all kinds of virtue. Did you hear me? Virtue. And Paul says that in verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. How many of you have ever had a hard time understanding what he was saying? You think that, well, according to what a lot of people interpret that, all well, the principalities and, and powers in heavenly places are going to bring to the church the manifold wisdom of God. I've heard people translate that. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what he's talking about. That's not, that's not the Greek uh, direction. Not, not leaning that way in Greek. What it means is this. That inside the church is all the, the, the resources and knowledge and wisdom and power that has been given to us via the Holy Ghost. So we have all this wisdom, this knowledge, this power. We have it all right here. The riches. And you know what? Because of that, there, we're going to be known because of that. And even the principalities and power that are in the heavenly places are going to know that we are of this sort. So even the spiritual realm says, hey, that's the bride of Christ. That's the church. Let me let me read you the Amplified Version so you can so you can wrap your mind around this. Uh, I'll read the Amplified Version. Same scripture verse. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might not might now be known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers in the heavenly spirit. So in other words, he's talking about everything that God has given us in the church. It, it seems like it's complicated, doesn't it? The complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspect, aspects. Woo! That's what's all here in the Holy Ghost. That's why I say, if we could ever get a hold of it. That's true. For so an entrance has been given into, into the everlasting kingdom. That's what, that's what the apostle Peter said. So an entrance, so we can walk into it. So that's why a lot of people aren't here today. Because the devil says, I don't want them to have a party. I don't want them to feast on, on this. I don't want them to come to that understanding. I don't want them to come to that ability. I don't want them to grow. I don't want them to develop. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 
I don't want them to abound. I want to keep them in the place they are. Ooh. That's why I love the house of God. Because we could tap into that source of power. You know what? I, my wife and I, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. We've experienced a lot over all these years. A lot of it wasn't easy. Did you hear me? Right. A lot of it wasn't easy. That's right. We 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 come into a little place where God would give us a little R and R. We would refresh ourselves, but we know this: we've got to get back into the thick of things. Yes. So there we are. But you know what? We know what God's given us in the Holy Ghost. So that's why we're here. That's why we keep on just going on. Mm -hmm. Being persistent. That's it. Being consistent. I'm going to say this to my Native American, my fellow Native Americans. I'm a Native American. I pastored. The majority of my ministry, I pastored Native American works. One thing I've seen, I'm not, I'm not speaking against my people. They need God. Yes. And if they ever got a hold of this man, they could be a powerful force that the devil has to reckon with. Yes. But you know what? They can't get a hold of it. For whatever reason, you know why I've seen that has plagued our people all these years? Inconsistency. They never can be consistent with serving God. It just seems like for a few months they'll go and they'll be on fire and then pretty soon, boom! They're gone, they're out of the picture for a while, and then they'll come yeah. back later on. And it just seems like it's always that. So I, I appreciate those of you that are faithful. Amen. Those of you that are here every week. Yes. Every service. I'm talking about, hey, my hat's off to you if you're here for every service, man. You're, you're exceptional. Yes. Because an exceptional person will do that. That's one thing I pray for. God, let our people get over that inconsistency. Whatever it is, you know what it is that torments their mind, that has them uh, brainwashed to thinking that they can't be what you called them to be. And if they ever got a hold of this, let me tell you something. We would see some amazing things happen. We would see some powerful things happen. But praise God. And that's what I, that's what I am praying for. Amen. Hallelujah. It's almost, time's almost already up. A few more minutes. So anyway, uh, I might just throw this in there. I was given this. So I'll just throw this in there. I was given this. I'll just share it with you. Book of Amos. Chapter 4. Always have been burdened. I have been burdened for a lot of people. And uh, here's the thing. 
Can you imagine how the Lord feels when, when we're not consistent, when we're not present, when we're not sincere? I, I, I love the Old Testament because in the Old, the Old Testament there's a lot of examples. Maybe I ought to preach more out of the Old Testament. If I did, I would probably offend a lot of people. Because the language in the Old Testament, boy, God had a conservative diversity of his people. He didn't spare no words. He just openly rebuked them. He just told them like it was plain. And there's, there's a lot of good lessons in the Old Testament. The Bible says, well, Paul says in the book of Romans that they are our examples upon whom the ends of the world have come. So we, we need to understand, if, we don't, if you don't read the Old Testament, read the Old Testament. Just wander around a little bit. Just read and just see what's going on. See how, but this is what the Lord showed me in, in, in uh, Amos chapter 4. In verse number uh, 4, he said, come to Bethel, come to the house of God and transgress. At Gilgal, multiply transgression. And bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years. And offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven. Look at, pay attention to what he's saying. And proclaim and publish the free offerings. For this liketh you. Look what he's saying. This liketh you. O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord God. What was the Lord addressing here in the book of Amos? He was addressing their slackness. Why do I say that? Because he says, come to Bethel and transgress. You know what? They frequented the house of God, but you know what? They were still sin before him. They were still sinning before him. And that Gilgal multiplied transgression. In other words, just like to come to the house of God. The Bible says, keep thy foot when you come to the house of God. Huh? So when you come here to reverence, but you know what he's saying? You're coming in your sin. You're coming in your sin. You don't care. You don't have a fear of the Lord. You're coming in your sin. You're coming in your uncleanness. So he says, and bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years. In other words, you know, they weren't really serious about their commitment, about their support to the house of God. Huh? It would be something if people were serious about their commitment and their support to the house of God. Yeah. You know what? The house of God would not be lacking. That's right. But because we're not serious about our commitment and support to the house of God, guess what? Yep. I guarantee you if I crunched the numbers, we, we did before. Yeah. If we crunched the numbers and, and we went by, if everybody was consistent, we wouldn't have to worry about lunch sales. That's the truth of the matter. Yeah. This was a projection that we took three years ago. Yeah. And everybody paid their tithes and offerings and their, and their pledges. Mm -hmm. Guess what? We would, be, we would be going along comfortably. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you, if you, if you, if you kept your, your vow to God, God would take care of you. You would probably be more, more, more blessed right now than you are at the present day. Yeah. Yeah. But see, that was their problem. It was just like slack. 
Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the house of God when I feel like it. I'll bring my sacrifices when I feel like it. And you know what? The sacrifices were sacrifices, he said, with leaven. They weren't, they weren't clean sacrifices. They were unclean sacrifices. And that's what he said. And offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven and proclaim and publish the three, three, will, three offerings for thus for this liketh you. This is, this is how you are. We've grown to a point of just being just in that, in that mentality, in that mind. I don't care very much about my spirituality because that's what has to do with your spirituality. Right. Amen. I was just praying about it and I was in, in, in prayer with the Lord the other morning and the Lord said, Amos chapter 4. Wow. So I said, okay, Lord, I went to Amos chapter 4, and then he zeroed me in on those passages of Scripture. He said, this is what my people are likened to. Wow. I thought, oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Amen. I appreciate the Lord. I don't know about you. Amen. Here's, here's the thing. You may not believe me. Every time I receive a word like that, you know what? Guess who's the first one that gets a scolding? Somebody thinks that we, we're, we're exempt. No, we're not. We get that scolding first before you get it. And sometimes you just go, oh. Can't say, oh, amen. We say, oh, me. Oh, my. But you know what? I love the house of God. I love the Lord. I love being here. I love you all. Amen. I love your consistency. I love your obedience. I love you being here present because that tells me that you love God. Yes. Tells me you love God. Hallelujah. Amen. We're done. Thank you for coming this morning. I'll uh, see you tonight at 6 prayer, 630 service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother Craig is going to be preaching beginning tonight. We'll be going all the way until Wednesday. So be advised. Let everybody know. Lord bless you. Have a good and godly day. Bless you. Amen. In Jesus' name.